Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Hey everyone, this is the Helping Friendly Podcast. This is a quick hit from Nashville Night 2. We're joined by Justin Bruce, who's been on the podcast before. Uh, welcome back, Justin. Hey guys, good to be back. Thanks for having me. So let's not um, bury the lead here. You um, you got to meet Trey yesterday, you know, which is, there was also a fish show. So um, why, why don't we start by you just telling us what how, how you how that came together and what that was like. Well, uh, I don't know if anyone remembers from last year in Nashville, but our Twitter friend at Drew Fish uh, got in the sound check with his composer pal, Don Hart, who lives here in the Nashville area and has worked with Trey, uh, orchestrating lots of his, uh, his side projects, and including Petrichor, a couple of years ago. But I'm also friends with Don Hart, and Don's very gracious. 
and said, hey, man, I know you love fish. Why don't you uh, come sit with me and my, my family for the shows, and I think I'll probably be able to, to get us into the sound check. And, and he was able to, uh, and, and it was really awesome. It's every fish nerd's dream come true to, to watch sound check. It was literally our little group and Bob Ezrin, and that was about it. And we got to watch Soundcheck, and then afterwards Trey came and, and chatted it up for, uh, gosh, a good 20, 25 minutes uh, and was, was super gracious. And we talked talked about his family, uh, Don, Don Hart's family. His daughter was there. Uh, you could just really tell that, that at the end of the day, Trey is a, a family guy, a family man, and it was just like like a couple of old friends. Uh, touching base, but we also were able to uh, sort of work our fish geekery. Uh, Drew was brave enough to request uh, a tweezer fest, and <laughs> although we didn't have a tweezer festapalooza like like Drew requested, we did get the first tweezer of tour. So uh, kudos to him for having the cojones, the cojones to do that. I just said I'm really glad that you guys play in Nashville now, and and he was very uh, very kind about Nashville and had lots of nice things to say. Of course, he's been here recording many, many times, but uh, it, was, it was awesome. And at the very end of the conversation, before he went backstage to, to take a nap before the show, uh, I got to take a picture, and uh, it, was, it was great. I will not lose that picture anytime soon. That is awesome. And um, I, I feel like if um, I've never met Trey, I've met Mike, you know, as, as most people have, I think. Um, I'm not even sure what I would say, but I guess it's maybe a little easier because you had a group and you could sort of ease in that way. But were you um, were you pretty nervous? I was I was okay um, because it was a big group, and you know I was definitely kind of kind of the the person who had uh, the, the the least uh, right to be there. So uh, <laughs> you know there was lots of family talk first, and uh, and and then we kind of circled around uh you know to, to other topics but uh, we did get to to talk about a couple of, of musical things he actually told uh unsolicited uh told us a couple of stories uh and, and you may have seen these on twitter but other folks who who haven't i'll just mention them again uh, bobby is the one who requested uh wanting to sing miss you night one which yes. you guys have talked about i thought yeah. that was cool because i mean who, who knows how this stuff transpires uh, also, I think I think it was night one uh, in set one, but before Bobby came out in set two, I guess Bobby's microphone was set up and kind of accidentally uh, set one. So when they played Lawn Boy, it was kind of like a Hey Paige, get out there, sing Lawn Boy, and they weren't really uh, weren't really expecting to. So that was kind of an off the cuff moment. That nice. you know, who 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 knew? So he gave us lots of little tidbits like that. Yeah, it was it was very very cool. Something I I won't soon forget. That's awesome. Yeah, and I saw Drew Drew was sort of uh, tweeting about the the summary of the conversation, including the Bobby thing, um, which is great. I'm, I'm so glad you got to got to hang out and do that. That's really great, especially for a hometown show. Must have rounded out your week nicely. I um, I know I'm looking forward to meeting you tomorrow in Atlanta. You must be pretty tired, but hopefully you'll you'll rest up tonight and be ready to go for the weekend. Man, there's nothing like a couple of fish shows in your in your hometown, and then a couple more fish shows uh, just a few hours drive away to help you help you make the grind uh, into work a uh, success. Yeah, yeah. If Schwartz is playing Nashville, I will forego uh, sleep for as many nights as as humanly possible. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, you mentioned the um, the Bob Weir sit-in. We talked about that yesterday on the on the quick hit, but. Um, Love to just get your overall impressions of the of the run, and then maybe dive into detail on night two. Uh, yeah, yes. So just uh, about the Bob Weir stuff, I thought it was awesome. I thought the fact that they jammed out Twist and it, it quickly went type two, uh, and and it had a real 
kind of Grateful Dead, late 60s, early 70s kind of vibe to it. It was almost like Mike was kind of doing deep into the jam his best Phil Lesh impression, and I, I mean that kind of sincerely and, and com- in a complimentary fashion. I just I thought it was awesome. I thought that the Bobby sort of approach to the lyrics on, on Miss You was really, really cool, even though they may not have been you know perfect. Uh, I, I thought it was really, really awesome. And when they went into playing in the band, uh, to, to wrap it all up, uh, you know, but what a capstone on an awesome yeah. set. Beautiful. So yeah, that night, night one was, was great, but you know, on to, on to night two, night, night two was pretty hot as well. No complaints uh, about the second show and, and how awesome is it to have these back-to-back shows where you don't have to, to travel four or five hours, uh, to, to see the next show the next night. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. And what um what were kind of your highlights from set one? There's a lot as as with the, a lot of the sets I think this year, but this tour as well, a lot of songs, um, like fifteen or so. Um, what were your highlights? I thought uh, and and uh, one quick comment about the venue, uh, and I was uh, oh, yeah. like in the in in the pavilion uh, both nights, so kind of a little closer to the stage. It is loud, and that is fantastic. So, uh, you know. When I'm re-listening to stuff just over live fish through headphones, it, it sounds great, but in person, up close, I mean, it it was amazing. Uh, I thought that uh, I thought Petrichor was great. I, I mean, I I like Petrichor a lot. The, the crowd was a little restless when it started, but by the end, I felt like everyone was kind of a convert. Uh, I thought that halfway to the moon, especially kind of a little bit of extended jamming, uh, was yeah. was fantastic. Well, I love. Nice. Love that page tune. It's, it's so awesome. Uh, the nice little micro jam uh, nod to uh, to Jonathan uh, in tube was was also was also great. Kind of like trying to look at my watch. Like okay, all right, it's gone longer than like five five and a half minutes. Yeah, this is a jammed out tube. Uh, so that was that was pretty cool. But those I think were my were my set one highlights. Awesome. And then um, set two, we got the obviously the tweezer that we were waiting for, but a pretty good um, golden age to to start off the second set. Yeah, I, I wondered if maybe the Golden Age was going to keep on going until they sort of shifted into Tweezer, but the Golden Age was was great, uh, and, and then, of course, the Tweezer was fantastic. I mean, I think it, it warrants listening to the to the whole thing. Uh, I think if you just jump in to, like, uh, the the middle of it, uh, maybe, maybe it, it won't be quite as, uh, quite as fantastic, but I, I thought the tweezer was great. I thought it was really melodic. Uh, Paige, Paige and Mike looking up, it seemed to me a lot, uh, in, the, in that jam. Uh, truth be told, when I was actually there watching the show in person, I, I think things were most intense during the jam in No Man in No Man's Land. And, uh, you know, there was a jammed out tweezer, there was a jammed out, uh, hood. Um, but I, it was pretty intense uh, during no Man, in No Man's Land, so if people are listening. They just crank it up as loud as possible, uh, and I thought that was a little more, a little more soaring than maybe it, it had been in prior versions this tour. I thought so too. Yeah, they kind of came back to like a little bit of a glory jam chord, you know, progression there, which is really fun. Um, and I, I thought that's the same thing, even after listening to the Tweezer in the in the Golden Age. That's a really great. Um, that's a good good highlight, and then. The Hood, I haven't, I haven't actually, I, sh- I shouldn't even say this, but I haven't listened to The Hood yet. I mean, even that's my favorite Fish song, but um, it, this long, was it, did it veer into um, sort of the minor jam sort of area, or what was that like? It was interesting. I wondered uh, if, if they were actually, 
actually going to go back into plasma when they were, were when they were jamming it? To me, especially uh, Page and Fishman uh, were kind of sprinkling in like pl- plasma type elements into the the hood jam. Uh, so I, I legitimately wondered if they were going to segue back into plasma, but but they didn't. Uh, so I, I jammed out. A jammed out hood, I would imagine call type two, uh, was was fantastic. One thing I did notice was, you know, there's the call and there there was the woos, uh, and whenever I I'm listening to something and I hear woos, I'm like, oh my goodness, this crowd, like, I don't want to hear woos, but the woos happen because Trey wants them to happen. <laughs> right, right, the right. lights flash on into the crowd. I mean, you know, it's it's just the crowd giving the band what what they want. But uh, yeah, the hood the hood jam was a lot of fun. Uh, they uh, during sound check spent a, a bit of time on plasma and then and then after kind of sung the vocals. So that was one song that we heard during sound check that I was pretty confident they were planning to play uh, that night. Uh, but that was one thing I did notice about about the hood was that uh, it sounded a little plasma esque to me, and I've been humming plasma all day long mm-hmm. uh, without without intending to. So uh, so that was pretty awesome as well. Nice. Um, we'll let you um, get back to your to your job in a minute. But uh, what are you looking forward to in Atlanta, or or what's um, what have you been thinking about the Atlanta shows? Good, I I don't know. I, I mean, I think they've done a pretty good job. There's just so much material now, and I'm I'm a big big boat fan. Uh, I, one thing that I think may happen is that at least in the the sound check before Nashville night two, they they spent a lot of time on. Uh, home and really jammed it out, which makes everybody happy. But they also, it seemed to me, we're kind of talking about uh, how they could stretch out and extend. I always wanted it this way, so they were they were spending yeah. a lot of time on the new page too. Nice. So I think maybe we'll get a couple of extended uh, page sort of songs. Uh, one of the one of the nights in in Atlanta. So that's maybe something I'm looking forward to. But. I actually told this to Trey when we were talking to him during sound checks. You guys can play whatever you want. As long as you're happy, we're happy. <laughs> because he, when they played, I think they played Fuego uh, night one in Nashville, and Trey said that Paige sort of leaned over to him right when they started, and he was a little worried, and he said, didn't we just play this in Charleston? Are people going to be upset? Uh, so uh, I thought that was I thought that was kind of funny, but uh, uh, they can play whatever they want, uh, and and I feel like the band is really clicking clicking on all cylinders. Um, so I think we're we're gonna have a fun time in Atlanta. I can't can't wait for both nights there. Awesome, yeah, same here. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person tomorrow, and um, I think the um, the I've always wanted it this way is I think that's my favorite that I've heard so far. That was just a great, and that that didn't even go out that far, but just different kind of um, jamming. So. A lot of good stuff on tap, and I'm looking forward to to hanging out and watching the show with you. Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good time. So uh, yeah, we got a lot of tour left, and I feel like things are 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 already in the right direction. They're not even headed there; they're already there. So everybody just needs to enjoy it, enjoy it while it lasts. Absolutely. And um, what what do you want to send folks out with in terms of music? Ooh, good question. Good question. I've thought about this, and I think. I think everybody should listen to the No Men and No Man's Land and the Plasma and the Harry Hood just kind of in succession. But maybe if we gave them uh, part of the tweezer, maybe like minutes 10 through 15, uh, I think that would make people pretty happy. Perfect. Done. All right, Justin, thanks so much for uh, joining us. Sounds good, RJ. Thanks for doing what you do. Appreciate it. Yep. All right, thanks, everybody, for listening. Keep on rocking.
pay you. Do you have any plans this year? <laughs> How's that going? Did you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at 20. 020-D.com, SoundTalentMedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. 